way tonight in our service. Lord, we come to you tonight. Lord, we want to worship you and praise you because you're a good God. And you're wondrous and worthy of praise. God, Lord, inhabit the praises of your people. And God, move in this service, God, that you would have your way through everything. You be lifted up, oh, great and mighty God. Oh, you're worthy, Jesus. Hallelujah. Sing with us tonight.
Hallelujah. Amen. How do we know he's alive? He's right here in our hearts, in the service, moving, working. Amen. If you're here in prayer service, you know he's here, right? We know he's here. Hallelujah. We don't have to guess. We don't have to wonder. We know. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's, that's, one, of the, uh, that's one of the things I couldn't get away from as a sinner is the, uh, as the uh, fact that I knew he's alive. I knew he's alive. I knew I, I knew it was a real deal. Amen. Hallelujah. We're gonna go to you tonight and take your prayer requests before the Lord. We're continuing to pray for uh, the Dalton family, and Joyce and her family, this this loss, and uh, the Lord would strengthen them and help them. I have not got an update on Ernest Matt House. I don't know if somebody else does, but I haven't heard any on how that surgery went. But we're gonna. I know he can still definitely use the Lord's help. Let's pray that the Lord would give him, uh, touch him right now, bring him through this. And then we're still praying for Sheila. I've not gotten any, uh, heard anything this week, but I, I know the Lord has been helping. And so the Lord strengthened her and work in every situation. Amen. Amen. And then we got Jaquita Smith, had this surgery. Doing better. Very good. Very good. Yes. Wonderful. Wonderful. Amen. God's, God's moving. And then Brenda Estridge, going to remember Brenda, Joe Barnes, that we've been praying for with cancer, that the Lord would touch Joe, do a miracle in his life. Then Ryan and Angela, uh, that God would work. Megan Chapel. And uh, what needs do you all have tonight to take to the Lord? I talked to Brother Steve, and he's doing all too good. And so uh, they uh, okay. decided not to sign. Okay. Okay, let's remember that. Yeah, we, we are we're conspicuously absent. We, we know when they're, yeah. when they're gone, aren't they? Yeah. Amen. We'll be praying, Lord, touch him. Man. Get them back where they can be back in the house of the Lord. Who else tonight's got a need? You, Lord, need you to move. Need you to work. Anybody else? Yes. Amen. Let me... Okay. Okay. Remember, Jared, Lord, do a work, good results. Amen. Okay. Amen. Lord, let's, let's pray for yeah. Terry. Yes. Okay. Okay. How many's got family? Lord, save them. Amen. We're praying. Yeah. We're, we're expecting, anticipating. Yes. Yeah. Right. Right. Yes. Right. 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 There you go. Yeah. Amen. I remember that Sunday night that I come coming to your house, knocking on the door on a Sunday night, kind of late. Yeah. So the Lord will do it again. That's a good time to get kind of interrupted, ain't it? You catch, yeah, yeah. Amen. Anybody else? Amen. Any other needs? How many wants God to move in our church, in our nation? And uh, I say this. Uh, start here, Lord. Start right here. Start right here, Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, I was praying. I don't know where I got this. I was praying tonight, you know, praying for, actually for you all. I was praying for 
Uh, and uh, I was saying, Lord, send them hungry and, and return them change. Send them hungry and return them changed. Send them back to the house different than you come in. And uh, that's what, that's what our, I guess our motto should be. We want to come in hungry and leave filled, you know, come back changed and filled up and just ready to go out and take the world on. Amen. Right. Yes. That's right. 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 Yeah. If you go to one of those, to Ryan Smorgasbord, and you pay the fee and you sit down and there's 14 bars that are full of stuff and you leave hungry, it's your fault. It's your fault. It's, your fault. it's available. Yeah. There's more than you can ever stand available. And that's the God's presence is way better than that. It's available. It's available to you. Your name and the price is already paid. You just got to take it home with you. Amen. Hallelujah. I thank God for that. You know what? If we got what we deserve, we wouldn't get nothing. But he does good stuff to us. He loves us. And he pursues us when we're just, just sometimes I'm rotten and he still pursues me. And uh, it's bad when you got a pastor who says he's rotten, ain't it? Well, well, the Lord. <laughs> well, I tell you what, sometimes I get in his presence and compared to him, you, I'm rotten. You know, you get in his presence and because uh, I want, you know, he wants to give me more than I want to take. So I, I want to, I, Lord, give me a double help. Give me a triple help. Amen. Tonight we need the Lord to move and let's pray. God, I want you to pray tonight even that Lord help me in the message tonight and Lord would speak and then Lord knows who's even watching tonight. There's people who has needs. We don't even know. We don't know. And so the Lord is the answer for that need. I'm telling you, that's, God knows what he's doing. And so we pray that God would meet your needs and that anyone that has something, God would answer the questions of their heart tonight. Let's stand tonight and let's take these needs to the Lord expecting him to move. Hallelujah. God, we do, Lord. We believe you. We believe you, God, because there's nothing you can't do. God, I pray tonight that, God, you would encourage your people. And God, that we would see your mighty hand, that we would feel your presence. And God, we would know that, God, as we come to you with these needs, God, that they don't hit deaf ears, but at God's ears, you can do anything. And God, that you would show yourself mighty. Lord, continue working, Lord, and Lord, Joyce's family. God, help them and strengthen them, Lord. For Ernest Matt, God, that you would uh, do a work in his body and strengthen him and give him a testimony of your mighty help, almighty Lord. And then, God, I pray that, God, and Sheila, Lord, that you would move and touch her. And God, every situation you'd be answering and move. Show yourself, God, that you can do it all, even things that we don't even know. And God, for Steve and Joan, Lord, you would touch them and put a hedge of protection. God, heal them. They wouldn't be sick, Lord, but they would be raised up and be back in your house. Lord, more move for Jared. God, that you would touch him. And Lord, this test would be good. And almighty God, he'd get a good result. Lord, he would just feel your presence and turn toward you. God, we thank you, Lord, for Jaquita. God, that you would continue working and moving. And almighty God, and moving her need, God. And for Megan Chapel, keep moving. Brenda Estridge, keep strengthening, almighty God. And the Lord, for Joe, God, that you would touch him and set him free from cancer. And God, he'd give you praise. God, continue moving. And, oh, Lord, and God, and Angela, and Ryan, God, oh, Lord. Moving these lost souls, Lord, for Roger's <coughs> family and all these other people that we're praying for. God, you would deal with their hearts right at this moment, God. And they wouldn't be able to get away from your Holy Spirit. You would pursue them just like you did me. And God, that you would work and do a mighty miracle in their lives, Lord. 
And God, you would stir tonight and speak through the mighty Holy Spirit. You would move tonight. You would be lifted up and edified. God, touch Terry. And God, heal him, Lord, every situation. Oh, Lord, heal his body. And oh, God, let him feel your mighty presence right now, right where he's at. And oh, God, every other need that, God, we don't even know. God, you're the one answering. Oh, even those that's online, answer those needs that's in their heart. Let they have a question, Almighty God. You'd be the one, oh God, that touched that heart and do a miracle tonight. We thank you for your mighty power and that you're still answering prayer. In Jesus' holy name, we pray. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Just like to uh, appreciate uh, Marcelo. I did some cleaning this week and did a good job. Yeah. And so. Uh, yeah, she, she labored on Labor Day. We appreciate that. And uh, I really, I do appreciate uh, the effort. I know. And by the way, did everybody, did everybody notice they didn't get a phone call? Some of you not even paying attention. Well, I didn't even know. But you did get a call because I forgot my phone at home, so I couldn't call. I tried everything I could using the computer to do that call, and they wouldn't let me. So... I said, Lord, you know who needs to come. You need to get them in here. So I said, I'm just trusting you, and you're going to have to do the work. So I appreciate your all's efforts yeah, to Lord pray. You will ne- that will never, let me, let me write this down somewhere. You will never make an effort toward God that you ever regret. You won't do it. You won't do it. You may say, oh, me, oh, my, I've made moves toward God, and he, and he put a finger on something, and I had to fix it. But I've, and then still, even when I did that, I was like, oh, thank you, Lord. <laughs> but you will never move toward God to where you feel like, oh, it wasn't worth it. It's always worth it. And so I prayed, been, I was praying, you know, God, let there be a hunger. And Lord, as they come and pray that they would just, you would just sweep in so powerfully. That it would just be a reward, God, that they would be more hungry because of it. And that's what God wants to do. So, and listen, see, and, and some of you that may be watching that's not here, you need to be here. <laughs> you need to be here, and you need to be in the prayer service, and we need God to move. And that's where, I listen, we need God to move. We need every one of us, yes. And so sometimes people, sometimes we wait around for somebody else to get it, and, and we need to get it. We need to get it ourselves. And so... We're going to press in, and God's going to move. And uh, just think about that upper room experience, 120 in that upper room. And imagine 20 people that got excuses. Not, I shouldn't say it. I don't want to say it that way. Like there's 20 people that had something come up that night, and they weren't in the service. <laughs> they didn't get in there. They, I'm going to go tomorrow night. I was there last night. I'm going to and they went there. And all of a sudden that Holy Spirit came sweeping in. And God did the miraculous. And, and there was some people that probably could have been there. And so we want God to move. And boy, I don't want to miss it. When God sweeps through. When God does a work. And God changes things. When God sets people free. When God speaks and does the miraculous, man, I want the front seat. I want yeah. right there. Lord, right here. Don't let me miss that. Amen. Zacchaeus climbed a tree. I want to be in the front however I get there. Lord, when you move. Amen. All right. I'm belaboring it. I'm going to quit that. So we're going to take her offering tonight. So we're going to, uh, Roger, if you come, and Brother Eddie, if you give us some help here tonight to, uh, to uh, find, find fellers that can handle the the task. Oh, well, we're going to, we'll get it any way we can get it. <laughs> if they, 
You just stand there until you get it one way. No, I was kidding. Lord, you've got to watch what it's, yeah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your blessings. We thank you, Lord, that you, Lord, you just fully bless us, God, from the top to the bottom. And, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that we can give back to you. And, Lord, I pray that you would bless those that have and even those that don't tonight. God, that you would bless and, God, that your name would be lifted up because of it. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I'll fall on you. 
go wrong telling him you need him hallelujah he we do hallelujah every day start your day that way lord i need you lord i need you every hour i need you hallelujah it's true oh i pray that he gives you a desire that you just that becomes your heart cry that becomes your heart he's looking for people to feel that way, to long for Him. I need you, Lord. I need you. And so when we realize who we are, we need to, it causes us to realize how much we need Him. Amen? Amen. Yeah. Amen. So glad, again, you're here tonight for just a few minutes. Uh, we want to look at a topic tonight. It's called, How God Can Use Your Fiery Trial. God can use. We're going to try to make something out of that. You're going to go through trials. Now, you notice it doesn't say how God sends the fiery trial. Uh, uh, but it says how God can use. There's things that you and I go through. Some of you may be going through it right now. And you're going to go through tests. And let me tell you what the enemy's going to do. The enemy is going to tell you when you're going through these fiery trials. We're looking at Daniel chapter 3, so you want to be turning over that way. As you go through the fiery trials, the test of your faith, the enemy is going to try to tell you that God doesn't care and he's just, he's nowhere to be found and you're all alone and it's not fair and you might as well give up and be like everybody else and it's not worth it and you're going to have all these things go through your mind. But let me tell you and let me try to encourage you with this tonight, with this story you heard many times as you grew up, that God is able to even use the fiery trial that you're going through. He didn't send it, but he'll go through it with you. He'll go through it with you. He'll make you stronger. He'll do something in that trial that you won't get anywhere else. 
Sometimes, let me tell you something, if you hadn't have bumped your head a few times when you tried to learn to walk, if the first time you fell, your parents said, sit down, we're done, you got a bump on your head, it's not worth it, just forget it, we would have had to roll you in here tonight. It's worth it to go through a few things to actually grow and to get strength and to learn a few things. We learn things in the trial, we don't get anywhere else. And it's no different in spiritual life. And so... I, I looked at these, these guys, this, these three Hebrew boys, and the battle that they went through, and it was a huge one. And there's some things that we can learn tonight from that. I'm just going to look at the, I'm going to start out because it it's the whole chapter. This story is the whole chapter three. It's a good one. It's a mighty one, but I, I started to read. I'm just going to start out with the first seven verses, and then I'll read the other ones as we kind of go down through the story. If you would stand for the reading of the Word, we're going to look at the first seven to kind of set us up. And it says in verse 1, Nebuchadnezzar, the king, made an image of gold whose height was three score cubits and the breadth thereof six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon, then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, sent to gather together the princes, the governors, and the captains, and the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar, the king, had set up. And then the princes, the governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and the rulers of the provinces were gathered together unto the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O people, nations, and languages, that at the time you hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king hath set up. And whoso falleth not down in worship shall the same hour be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. Therefore at that time when all the people heard the sound of the cornet, flute, heart, sackbut, psaltery, and all kinds of music, all the people, all the nations, all the languages fell down and worshiped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. But what it doesn't say, you're going to figure out real quick, but three people. Three people stood against the pressure and the tide that was coming against God at this moment. And we're going to look at their lives tonight. We're going to see how God can even use your fiery trial to do something in your life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you and we thank you, God, that Lord, you can encourage us that even in our struggle, even when our faith is being tried like never before, even when fear tries to grip our heart, you are aware, Lord. You are aware. There's nothing that we're facing that, God, you weren't already aware of. And God, you're not already involved in. And God, you're not right there with us. God, strengthen us and courage. Let us see and be encouraged tonight, God, that we know that when we leave here, God, no matter what the enemy comes against us, he means it for damage. He means it for destruction. But God, you're still on the throne and God, you still reign and nothing can come against you or your children that you don't allow. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Let, let me just kind of tell you where we at, where we're at here. We're in, we're in Daniel chapter three, and, and it's amazing if you read the chapter before, you would think old King Neb here, 
His name's pretty big. We'll call him King Neb. Oh, Neb would have got the, uh, got the word. He would have figured out who God was. But we see in chapter 2 that he had that dream. And that's where we get introduced to Daniel and these guys. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these, these young men were taken captives when uh, uh, Israel and Judah had sinned and, and they were brought into captivity because they were, they were very intelligent and very, uh, uh, had so much potential and that Nebuchadnezzar went through all the lands they conquered. He brought the best of the best back to Babylon and he put them through this period of three years. And he taught them their language and he taught them their literature and he tried to indoctrinate them so that when at the end of three years that they would be like the, the rest of the, his wise men and they would, they, he wanted to change them. Let me tell you something. The culture we're in right now is doing the exact same thing. It's trying to change us. Right. You, they're trying to go, go into school and they try to take out the things they don't want. They try to put things in and they try to twist it to where it's the way they want it to have happened. And that's and there's such a resistance. And let me tell you something: before long, you won't even know what you want to go back and read the textbooks. You think you moved to another country? We live in a generation that's trying to do that very thing. It's trying to indoctrinate even our children. And so they took these young men and they tried, and they had thousands of them, and they indoctrinated them, and they did a very good job. There's only three people here. There's only a small group that held on to the faith and the beliefs that they had. They're in a foreign country and it'd be easy for them to give up. But you see that even though they went through it, by the way, God is able to bless even in that. You would think because they went the other way, if I were to go back and look at these other chapters, you'd see that God already showed. And when Nebuchadnezzar tested all these men and, and tried to figure out where he was going to put them in his kingdom, it says when he talked to Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that they were light years. They were ten times better than any other person that they had. And they were the ones that held on to the things of God. God will reward you. God will let people see His Spirit through you. He will reward those who puts Him first. But there is such a pressure to conform. We see that in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, that we, that's why we have that verse that's it's talking about that pressure that's being put on you and me. And be not conformed to this world. But be transformed. Don't be like the world. Be different than the world. How do you do that? It tells us by the renewing of your mind. What with? The Word of God. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. When, we, when God wants to make us different than the rest of the world. God wants you to look, act, think, react, talk, everything different. We are a different creature. Amen. When we get saved, we still live in the same world. We're still part of the same human race. But there is something different about the people of God. Yeah. You can get around people and you can tell real quick. I can just talk to somebody for a minute. You can think, I know that person's a Christian. You can, you can identify with the spirit that's in that person. And so God done that in these young men's life. But now, we see the chapter before this. Daniel has already, there was this, this decree that went out that he had this terrible dream and he didn't tell this wise man. He had the dream, as we know, of this great statue. And it was head of gold and chest of silver and so forth all the way down to iron and clay and mixing into the ground. And he was 
fearful. This man was the most powerful man in the world, and he was ruler of the whole world. And what he seen in his dream, God gave him to terrify him. He realized this meant something. And so he wanted these wise men to tell him. Well, he'd already figured them out. They're going to tell him whatever. Oh, it means you're the best thing since sliced bread, and you're going to live forever, king. That's what it means. That's what they're going to tell him. Well, he realized that if he had them tell him what the dream was, they could probably interpret it. No one, they said, you know, if you read that chapter, I love that chapter, because it says, they said, nobody, no man could ever do this. Only the gods who don't dwell with men would be able to do that. Yeah. Only God could do that. The gods, they said gods, plural. And we know it's true. Only one God can do that. Yeah. And so we see that. In the, and even when he sends Daniel, because they're getting ready to kill him. I, it doesn't tell, but I guarantee that some of those wise men got killed before they got to Daniel. And he's put a stop to it. So he says, stop, don't do it, give me a chance. And God gives him the dream. At the end of chapter 2, right before the first verse I read you, Nebuchadnezzar says, he falls and he humbles himself and he says, basically God is the God of all gods. And he says, and he is the king and the God or the Lord of all kings. He showed that God was there is nobody else could have ever done what he did by revealing my dream and giving me the interpretation. And he exalted Daniel above everybody else. And then Daniel put Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the leadership of Babylon. So you go to the next verse and you think, what in the world is he doing? I mean, immediately he's doing this. But if you look at it, they think there's about 20 years this transpired. About 20 years between chapter 2 and chapter 3. King Nebuchadnezzar has still been thinking, no doubt. There is speculation. It doesn't tell us this, but he builds this great, big, 90 foot tall, but only 9 feet wide, uh, idol. And it's all gold. Now, they have, they have excavated this valley and they have found a base that is 40 feet tall, high and 20 feet wide, which might explain because can you imagine it would, it would be kind of crazy. Something 90 feet tall and only 9 feet wide is not proportionally. It's, it's a weird shape. But there's a chance that, that was on, part of that was a base. And they have found and confirmed that base is there still. 40 feet tall, 20 feet wide in this valley. It's still there. Oh, they found it. They've dug it up. So he puts this, and there's speculation that he either put himself or very likely this thing that 20 years before had troubled him, he built this thing, and instead of him saying, building it with gold and silver, and whatever, he covered the whole thing with, uh, with gold. See, they, the Lord revealed to him, you are the head of gold, but your kingdom's going to pass away. And then the Medes and the Persians is going to take over, and that's the silver. And it goes on down into, you know, it goes into the different, all the way down into the Roman Empire. And then, and then we see that the Lord's, is, it, it, it's, we know the interpretation. I got, I got to keep going because I've not got into chapter 3. So we see that there has been this period of time. And we see that these men have been in leadership for 20 years. But let me tell you something. Anybody that is doing right before God, they're going to become a target. We're going to see in a minute that there is going to be a trial because of their faith in God. Because the rest of these people that's under them is still worshiping other gods. They're still, and we see, oh, King Neb, his heart has got full of pride and he builds this idol. And we, you may ask, and this is a big question, where's Daniel? Yeah. 
Where's Daniel? And the, and the thought is, by most writers, is, is Daniel, because of his high position, is, is sent somewhere else to another providence to do something on behalf of the king. He's not here. Now, these three guys, every time before when something's going on, Daniel's always there to kind of lead the way. We're Guys, let's go to prayer. Guys, let's do this. Guys, let's not eat that. Let's, Daniel's kind of leading the way. Daniel's not there. They're on their own. There's going to become times in your life that you may have been looking for somebody else to be your strength. But there's going to come times that when each of us will have to stand alone. There will come times when you will have to answer the question, what do you really believe? Do you believe God is God or do you believe that he doesn't do anything in your life? So we're going to look at today, first of all, when you go through this trial, God can use your fiery trial First, to reveal your faith. Do you even have faith? Do you, sometimes we can say, and we'll say, Oh, God, I've got faith in you and I believe you until our tooth starts hurting. And then all of a sudden the question, Do you really believe God can do anything? Or you come up against it and you get that doctor report. And then you start saying, But God, are you big enough for this? And so we, may, we have faith. But the first thing that happens is we go through a fiery trial. By the way, let me tell you something. Here's the thing. You ain't going to go through a trial that God already doesn't know. You, all you got to do, I love the book of Job because you can go through that and realize that God showed that before he went into it, God already knew he was going to come out okay. God already knew how he was made. He knew his weaknesses. He knew everything. But he's even the one that says, hey, devil, have you consider my servant Job? He knew Job was going to come through like gold. And so we see that sometimes you're going through the trial and the first thing it's going to do, it's going to reveal your faith. Do you have faith or is it just something that you've been talking about? And so we see that it will, your faith will reveal sometimes others' ridicule. People will ridicule you because of what you stand for. People's watching you more than you think. People's watching. We see here that they ridiculed them in verse 8 when they didn't bow. When they went through this test and they didn't bow. By the way, it was such a big crowd here. This is all the leadership in the entire country is standing before the king and they tell him to bow or you're going to be put in an oven. Now, this oven, we'll come back to the oven. It's a bad thing. So we're, they're standing there and the music plays and everybody bows and there's so many people that even the king couldn't tell that there was three that didn't bow. It looked like all this mask on their face. They're just caving in. Whatever you tell us to do, we're going to fall at the altar of this world. And what it wants us to do, we're going to comply with what it wants. Because isn't that what God would want us to do? He wants us to fit into the world that we're in. And we see that they fell on their face. But three men had a decision to make. And there was a test that it revealed their faith. And they said, I won't do it. We can't do it. It reveals, it says in verse 8, it says, Wherefore at that time certain Chaldeans, or Chaldeans these magicians, came near and accuse the Jews. Now, that word is a very kind word here that says accuse. That is a very vicious word. It, was, it is actually talking about eating something up. It's like devouring a plant. Like a, some, something devouring. It, it says that they slaughtered them. They came before the king and with their mouth, they slaughtered these Jews. What was going on? They were waiting for an opportunity because they had seen the hand of God on these men. They, had, they didn't care about They hated these Jews. And they were in leadership. And God had blessed them. And as soon as they got an opportunity, they slandered. There's going to be people sometimes that will look at you. And as you go through things, they will try to uh, uh, defeat you just by their mouth. They will say things that will hurt you and, and, and criticize you. 
we need to realize that God is still under control. You know what else? Your faith will reveal a witness. They are watching every move that you're making. They knew who these boys were. They knew who these three young men were. Because it goes on in, the next, in verse 12 and says, they know them by name. They not only come up front to tell them the king who was, that there was three young men that wouldn't bow, but they knew their name. Why? Wow, they've been looking. They've been watching their lives. It says that there were certain Jews uh, whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon. This is home turf for them. This is home. And it says Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regard. They don't care about what you say. They, serve, they don't serve your gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. You there, And it, it tells them, you said you're going to burn them. You're going to throw them in an oven if they didn't do it. Here they are. They defied you, king. And so they're trying to get these young men in trouble. You know, they knew their lives. They knew. Let me tell you something. I feel confident when the king said bow. These people were looking. Where's Dan? Where's Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego? Okay, when we bow, I'm going to bow, but I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to be looking because I got a feeling they're not going to bow. Why? They've been watching their life. They'd been watching their life. They knew what they stood for. It's no different than when Daniel went through the test when he was going to bow and, and, and he and the, was going to be thrown into a lion's den. If you didn't, if you bowed to any other god but the king for a period of 30 days or whatever it was, and day one, he goes right back to where he's praised, and they knew what he was going to do. Why? They watched his life. There's people watching your life and they know what you say you stand for. And when the test comes, they want to see do you believe what you stand for. And they may even ridicule you, but they're watching to see is that God you talk about real. Right. And let me tell you something, even though you're going through, and there's not one person in here if I, that's going to say, Amen, let me go through the trial. No, but let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. We're going to find out tonight that we, even as you go through the trial, that can be the closest place you've ever been to God in that very minute. You're going to see that even in the trial, God can do more miraculous things in that trial than any other time when you're going through the mountaintop. God can do the miraculous. And God's going to use what you're going through to do work in other people's lives. That would never happen if you didn't go through your trial. So you can hang on know that God's in control. So there is people ridiculed them, and, and there's people that's watching their lives. And they watched Dan, even Daniel when he was praying. They knew he would pray. And that's how they was able to get him and try to get him destroyed. People's got, the enemy wants to destroy your life. God's going to try. You know what else God can do? God can use your fiery trial to Challenge your faith. There's times that your faith is, is it firm? Is it something that's real? Is it something that stands? Is it something that is just, is it mature? Is it, you know how, how the, our, when, our, when we go through things that challenge us, we get stronger. There's things you may have had a job. You may have had a task. And the first time you did it, you may have thought, I can't do this. This is too hard. I'm getting tired. I'm weak. But before long, you keep doing it and you keep pressing in and you keep trying. And so all of a sudden, you build endurance and now you can handle the task that was too hard for you before. And so we go through sometimes God allows tests to challenge us so that we spiritual are even more powerful and able to resist and do more in the future. How much do you really believe that God can do anything that he's in control? Verse 14 says, Nebuchadnezzar spake to them. He's angry. He spake unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image that I have set up? Now if ye be ready, at what time ye shall hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sack, but psaltery and dulcimer and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the image that I have made. Well, it's going to be good with you. But if ye worship not, catch this next part, ye shall be cast 
the same hour into the midst of the fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Oh, Neb's pride, it, it's, it becomes his downfall more than once. His pride is raised up. What God is greater than me? You see that idol? You see that idol? Who's greater than me? Why do you think you're bowing down before me? And so we see that he asks them this question. You know what? The, the, the part that I, I'm not going to read, if you read those next verses, you know what they said? They said, uh, I, I re just realized it's not in my notes because it doesn't hit my next point. I love what they said. They said, basically, we don't even have to think about what we're going to tell you. We don't have to even try to consider this, king. We serve a God. We serve a God that is able to deliver us. They didn't have to have a council. Guys, what do you think? What do we need to do? No. They quickly said no. And they knew they were going to make He was already upset. And they said, we serve a God that can deliver us. And, he, and then it says, and he will. But then they said, but even if he don't, even if he doesn't, we're going to get delivered into his presence. And we will not bow. Oh, my goodness. He never got this angry. I'm surprised he didn't have a stroke. He got so angry that he commanded his strongest soldiers, you go get that fire and you make it seven times hotter. Now, here, here's the deal. This wasn't a pizza oven. This wasn't a little, uh, the oven in your kitchen that you can put some brownies in. This was a massive, huge Big outdoor oven that they used to put brick in to harden it. And it was massive. And it was hot. In fact, it was hot on a normal basis. They made this thing so hot that his men that took them, his strongest warriors, just to get them close enough to throw them into the fire, the fire licked, just destroyed them and killed them on the spot. The heat was so intense. But we see that we, the, what they were getting ready to experience, they had to come to a resolve. Were they going to compromise before they threw them in? They knew. They were looking at this fire. They knew what was getting ready to happen to them. They knew it was going to be, this was a great test. They knew this could be their last moment. And, and so the enemy, we, we know that it, we could, they could have been saying on the outside, so okay, listen guys, when the music plays, let's bow on, bow on the outside, but bow to God on the inside. They could have compromised, right? Uh, they could have compromised and said, well, we need to be relevant to the culture that we live in, and so we need to be like them so that they'll love us and we can reach them for Christ. They could have also said, uh, uh, we can compromise. God understands the pressure that we're under, and He wants us to be, we're His only lights, and He wants us to be here, and if something happens to us, who's going to be a light for Him? There's all kinds of things that could have run through their mind, but you know what they said? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. We serve a God. That's faith. That's faith. To stand before the most powerful person in the world and say to him, we're not even going to think twice about this king. No. Because our God, the one you forgot about from 20 years ago, the one that you are raising your head up and your pride is exalting yourself, our God is greater than anything. He, you're a joke compared to Him. He is going to, he's able to deliver us and He will deliver us. And even if He don't, He's going to deliver us into eternity and we will go and take our last breath and know this as we take our last breath, we will not bow to the culture that we live in and to your God. 
Listen, how many people today is willing to say that in the world that we, it, there's pressure that's going on to get us to be like the world. There's pressure to go on, to, to, to cave in. In fact, we're living in the cancel culture right now that says if you don't believe what I believe, we will destroy you. So even if you believe it, you better be quiet. If you believe it, you better tell everybody you believe it. You better act like you believe it because we will destroy you. And that's what's going on. I've never seen a time like this before. We're living in a time when people are rejecting everything and they're coming after religion, whether you're in churches, if you haven't noticed it, it's coming. It's already started. That's why you need to make sure, and I've not heard in the last several days, but in California, uh, 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 John MacArthur, uh, you probably heard him on the radio a lot, a uh, Bible teacher, has been on for years on the radio, really a powerful Bible teacher, an amazing preacher, pastors in, in uh, Los Angeles, California, and he's been under attack. That city has tried to shut him down at least four times, and so far he's coming out. They've took away his parking lot now. They're doing everything they can. They don't want the things of God. They don't want the Word to go out. They want them to bow before them and do what they want them to do. You will bow to this culture that we live in. You'll say what we tell you to say. And we're getting set up for that. So the question is, do we really believe it? Is it really God? Do we really have faith in Him? Or are we going to bow to the culture that we live in because the price is too much to pay? And, and I, I really realize that this can be uh, very uh, powerful, uh, what we go through. And we just don't see it here yet, but it's coming. You know, the Lord knows what before you even go through it. We, Job said that. He says, but he knoweth, in, in Job 23.10, but he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. God knows my heart. God knew my heart before I took my first breath. And he knows that when I'm tried in the test and I'm going through the fiery trial, I'll come out as gold. I'll come out as God. You know, God can use also your fiery trial to strengthen your faith. We've been talking about that a little bit. The more you go through, listen, think about it. How many things have you went through? And the moment you went through them, you thought, I don't think I can take this. But when you come out the backside of it and you see the victory that God gave you in the struggle, in the storm, you come out of it, you say, God, I have more faith in you than I've ever had before. And the next trial, you can go back and point to that thing that you went through and say, God, you came, give me faith there. You, God, you came through for me there. And Lord, I know you're going to come through for me again. It, you get strength. We, got, we can't say, we want to put it out. We want to say, God, put the fire, where's the fire hose? Put it out, God. We don't want to go through this. Lord, but the Lord says, no, I, I, you're going to go through this. And this is not me doing this, but I'm going to carry you through it. And when you come out the other side, I'm going to give you strength that you've never had before. We see in verse 24 and 25, that Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished because when they threw them in, they threw them into the fire. He killed his greatest warriors, his strong men, as they threw them in, it killed them. And, the, and, and when he looks in there, he's, and, and trust me, these men that were slaughtering them with their mouth were standing there watching. They couldn't wait to see. They're gone. I know they're gone. Look at there. They're gone. Yay, look at there. And all of a sudden, the king stands up, and it says this word astonished. It means he was amazed. His mind was, he couldn't believe what he was seeing. And it says he rose up in haste. He jumps up off his throne, and he's standing there, and he spake and said to his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the fire? Bound, they bound them, they tied them up. They had their toboggans on. They had coats around them. They had a hose on. They had everything. They wanted all this stuff to burn and be fuel for the fire. And it says, didn't we throw three in the fire? And they said, said unto the king, true, okay. 
And he answered and said, this, I love this verse, Lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire. And they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. My goodness, what do you see what I'm seeing? Do you see what I'm seeing? The Lord gave them strength in the fire. It was in the midst of the, They had an experience in the middle of that fire of strength that let them know that when they were going through the deepest, darkest moment of their life, the moment when they, most people were dreadful and fearful and shaking, thinking about what might happen to them, when they got through into the fire, everything that bound them was burnt off. The only thing that got burnt, the only thing that was missing was the things that was binding them. And now they're standing. They're not burnt. There's not even a smell on them. They're standing there in the presence of God Himself who says, I'll stick closer to you than a brother. In the middle of your storm, in the middle of that fiery trial that you was fearful of, I was waiting for you. I, kn I knew the moment that you went into it. I was already waiting in the fire for you. I was already here ready to be stronger. And God will give you an experience in the middle of that storm that all of a sudden you realize, God, if I want the closest I ever get to you is when I'm going through the trial and you come to me and you minister to me and you help me. That's when I experience you more than any other time. You're more real to me in the trial than any other time. And so there was strength that come out. These men were, these men were powerful. These yeah. men never, they were strong before they went in and they're even stronger when they come out. We wow. see that they were strengthened. That, and, 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 Peter tells us about the testing of your faith making you stronger. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7, says that the trial, the testing of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried in the fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Even though you're going to go through the test, you're made more pure. You're made more strong. You're made more usable. You're made more powerful as you go through the storm. Why? Because God Himself will go through that storm with you. He won't send you alone. That's why we love the, the poem or the story of uh, uh, footprints in the sand. And what's the deal? Is that the reason there's only one set of prints? Because I carry you. I carry you. I love that. I carry you through those times when you are going through the test. I carry you. I love that story that uh, the man that was the prisoner of war and he was being tortured because of his testimony in Christ. And he said every night, I've told you this before, he said it got, he, he got to where he, could, he didn't care at all that he was going to get tortured again the next day. Why? He said every day he would pass out. It was the most incredible pain he'd ever experienced. They were torturing him and he would pass out and they'd dump him back in the cell. And he said, but sometime during the evening, he said all of a sudden that cell door would open and a white figure would come into that room and reach down and put his hand upon him. And he said, the Lord entered that room. When he touched me, oh, I was healed. I was made new. There was such a presence that filled that room that I just couldn't wait to get to the next night because I knew he was going to come back again. He was going to touch me again. So we see that he can strengthen you through it. You know what else? God can use your fiery trial to prove your faith. He proves you so that other people can see that you're the real deal. When you're going through, you're never on a spectacle. You're never something that people can, 
put their faith in. You never are going to have the testimony until you go through the trial while people, and it's hard. We don't want to do that. We don't want to go through trials and people watch us. But when we do, he proves our faith that it's real. It's solid gold. It says in 26 and 27, what was his response? Neb, it says that Nebuchadnezzar came near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spake and said, okay, let's look how he changes. Look at his verbiage now. He was threatening them what he's going to do to them and who can come against you, what God can come against you and save you. Verse man, he says, Shadrach, his voice is probably soft. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God, come forth, come hither. And then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth out of the midst of fire. Let me stop right there for just a minute. You, you got to read into this. Why are they still in the fire? They're free. They could have climbed out at any moment. They could have said, okay, I'm free. Stick a leg up, climb on out. But they didn't. What happened? He had to say, they stayed in there until he got off his big podium, went through the crowd, got there, and had to say, please come out. Please come out. And they're probably sitting there saying, no, I don't want to. <laughs> no, I don't want to. I'm enjoying it in here too much. I'm enjoying the presence of the Lord too much. I'm in the presence of God Himself right in here. Uh, let me tell you something. All you did, it, all you did, was put me in the best place I've ever been. I don't feel the heat. I don't know that anything's going on. All I know is I'm more free than I've ever been. And who's in the fire with me? But the Lord Himself. I don't want to come out. They finally came out, and they didn't want to come out, and He had to ask them to come out. And we see that their faith had been. Proven, verse 27, and the princes, governors, captains, and king's counselors being gathered together. They're in a big huddle all the way around this thing. They're all huddled together, saw these men upon whose bodies. Not only did it not kill them, the fire had no power upon them, nor was a hair of their heads singed. Neither were their coats changed. It was still perfectly. They still had the, the fuzzballs hanging off of their coat. It didn't even burn the fuzzballs off their coat. And, and it says, nor the smell of fire hath passed. You couldn't even tell. You could smell their clothes and it was just perfect. Why? That's the God we serve. So right now we, we, we can look at the, the time that we're going through and it's kind of a, a little nerve-wracking. We realize that we're gonna, there's things we could face. But let me tell you something. This is the God we serve. People can go through the fire and still come out unscathed, untouched, perfect. God is able to deliver. I'm not saying no one will ever have a test and, God, and they won't have to pay a price. But let me tell you something. God is showing that when my people trust me and put their complete confidence in me, hey, I can put a shield around them and no one can touch them. God's, God was sitting there saying, Neb, let me tell you something. Who is the man that can touch my people? Who is the man? Who is the God that can touch my people when my hands are around? There ain't nobody. You're getting to see who the true God is, and here I am. You've seen me 20 years ago. You're getting to see a better picture of me now. He still don't learn. We'll look at him later. He still don't get the full picture. He learns lessons slow, and it takes him forever to get it. But he, he still, he, he's humbling himself, but it don't last. And then we see, number five, God can use your fiery trial to shine your face. You, you, they're watching. These men and this king, they see 
There's something true about their faith. There's something real about that God. My God has never delivered me. My God has no power to do what they're doing. And all of a sudden, because... Listen, they would have never had this testimony if they hadn't gone through that trial. These three men were just three men and great leaders and, and did a good job and were faithful to God. But it took a trial for the people to be able to see who God truly is. That was the only way they was going to see who God truly was, that three men had to go through a trial that God from the very beginning said, I got you. I got you. I got you. I know what I'm going to do. You just need to trust in me. He will shine your faith. And then it says in verse 28, Then Neb said, and it said, Bless the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted him and hath changed the king's word uh, and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make a decree that every people, nation, and language which speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces and their houses shall be made a dunghill because, underline this, there is no other God that can deliver after this sort. God used their faith to shine, not only to a king, but a nation. Can you imagine the stories that hit the newspaper that day? God delivers through fiery furnace. And God is powerful and God is declared to be the king of all kings. God will shine through your life. But we have to go through the trial to get there. And that's something we don't want. We don't ask for that. But realize if you're going through trials, we, we trust God and we can say, God, I know you, are, you will be with me in the trial. I know that you will deliver me and strengthen me. And Lord, I want you to shine through me so that others can see you through the trial and they will call out on your name. They're watching you, folks. They're watching you. You will never have a platform like the one that you will have when you're going through the trial and if you put your trust and confidence in Him. You will have a more of a witness at that moment than any other time. All the naysayers were put to shame. And God's name was... And finally, the last thing, God will use your fiery trial to reward your faith. It says in verse 30, Then the king promoted Shadrach Meshach and Abednego in the providence of Babylon. He lifted them up. He lifted them up above even higher than he had them before. God showed himself faithful. Without going into all the details, I've mentioned this before. I I know I I had a test that, trust me, it wasn't as as crazy as what these, these guys went through. But I had a test about 20 years ago. And it was, it was a huge test. And it was a test in my job at the time that I thought, this is it. And it was all a test of faith. It was a test of faith. And I went home that night thinking, Lord, I've made a stand and I'm done. I made a stand and this is going to go bad. And I went home and told my wife, and I was, I was, tore, it was the weekend, and I was, I was a wreck. I never, I never lost a job in my life. So I was like, Lord, what am I going to do? This is horrible, you know? And I thought, this isn't fair. I thought that, but I was like, Lord, I got it. This is what I feel like I got to do. And I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see, I didn't see any possibility. I didn't see there could be anything because by Monday I was going to know what the outcome was. And let me tell you something. 
God started working that same night. And by the time I got to Monday, when I got to work, it went totally the opposite direction. In fact, instead of being pushed out, he lifted me up. He lifted me up. And tears. I went home that day with tears in my eyes. I was like, God, I was so fearful because I knew this was, this was bad. And God, you've proven yourself to me again because not did you not you kept your hand around me. You knew what you were going to do. It was tested. Will you stand for what you believe? Will you do what you say you believe? Or will you cave? And God said, I'll reward you when you're faithful. And look, it's nothing. I'm nothing. I'm zero. But God loves us enough that if we put him first, there's times that God will say, now, let me lift you up. King Neb exalted himself, and he says, let me push you down. Amen. And these three men who humbled themselves before God, he lifted them up. Yes. We see in Scripture that Joseph was humbled, and God lifted him up. Amen. We see Job was humbled, sackcloth and ashes, but God lifted him back up, and he gave him double what he lost. We see that Daniel was lifted up because he was faithful to God and he never took credit for anything. He said it was all God. And now we see Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You could put your name in there too. Put him first. Exalt him. When you go through the fiery trial, realize God can do things there that he can do no other place in your life and say, God, I'm trusting you through it all. I'm trusting you through it all. I don't know how it works out, but you do, and I'm trusting you, and you will never regret it. These boys knew that if they, even if they walked into eternity, even when Saul or Paul went to the, to the chopping block, he knew. You think you've won the battle, but I'm going to step out of this life right into the presence of the Savior that I've been longing to see all you're doing is giving me an exit right to the presence of where I want to be. Even when we, in His, in his sacrifice, just totally uh, flooded the church with new believers. God uses even the bad things to do the incredible in our lives. And so God wants to do that in your life. So tonight, nobody in here is going to say, God, send me through it. No, 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 no. We don't want that. But when you get there, when you're going through it, get a hold of yourself. I got to tell myself this too. Get a hold of yourself sometimes and realize God knows what he's doing. And even though it's not him, the enemy wants to do it for evil. God works the enemy's evil to do good and to exalt you and to bring down his strongholds and to, and to be a lot to people who are watching your life. Just waiting to see, is God real? Amen? Let's stand tonight. Oh, God. Hallelujah. God, I come before you, Lord. And I, Lord, I am grateful that God, that there is never any place, that God, any trial, any circumstance that I could go into, Lord, you aren't aware God, that, Lord, when we're going through things that in our minds, Lord, could destroy us, you're waiting there with your blessings and your strength and, Lord, your advancement and, God, your light to shine. And, God, you want to do great things in people's lives. God, let us not give up. Lord, let us not be one that, Lord, as soon as the struggle happens, we, we give up, Lord. 
But God, that we run to you and God, we hang on to you tighter in the time of trial than any other time. And we put our faith in you and God, Lord, just as a stone, God, that we set our face towards you and we say we will not be moved because of who we serve. And he's still on the throne today looking for people that will trust Him and put their confidence in Him. Lord, I don't know what people are going through, Lord, but You do. You gave me this message for a reason, Lord. You know what You're doing. God, there's people that God that needs to hear it. And God, maybe not even tonight, but maybe tomorrow, Lord. God, You know everything. But God, I pray that by Your mighty power that You would show Yourself mighty. That God, there would be testimonies of Your mighty faithfulness. God, that You would be lifted up and exalted. And God, great victories would be won. And that Lord, that even in this test that we're going through with our nation. God, that the church would rise up and God, you would be able to do great mighty things, great exploits, God, because the church can put their confidence in you. Lord, when the enemy comes in to destroy, Lord, you raise up a standard against it. You break down strongholds, God, that the world would see your church like never before. Instead of seeing a weak church, instead of seeing a church that just caves in at the drop of a hat, God, that they see a church triumphant that stands for the things of God and that God you bring great victory in our lives and in this time that we live let the world see that you're still alive in your church today let the real church stand up God and God you can do it Lord I pray give us a resolve in you Lord and right now God I thank you Lord I thank you Lord for what you're doing I thank you for your faithfulness tonight. Hallelujah. 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 Before, before we leave, I just wanted to think, you know, I was amazed. I was amazed. You know, a couple of years ago, this, uh, uh, or maybe, it's not maybe been two years. You know, it just, it breaks, it breaks your heart when you see people that suffer for the things of Christ. These 21 martyrs. You might have seen how this these Islamic extremists they they came to these twenty one and they and they they televised they recorded it of of, of killing these Christians because of their uh, their devotion to Christ. But there's one thing about it: not one of those twenty one recanted. They all was like, we will not. We will stand for our faith and confidence in the things of God. And God's able to receive glory. Tonight, we can thank God as we as we end this service. Why don't we just praise God and say, Lord, we thank You that You're in the fire. We thank You that You're the one that we can count on. We thank You, Lord, that You can turn the worst things to good things. Oh, Lord, we thank You, Lord, that, God, You're victorious. We thank You, Lord, that You're the one that shows a mighty power. You're the one that's looking to show Your mighty power. Lord, in the darkness, Lord, is when You shine the greatest. And, God, I praise You and thank You, Lord. You're on the throne. And, God, there's not one person that You don't know what they're going through. But, Lord, in the midst of the struggle, Lord, that's when You come with strength. That's when You come with Your help. That's when You come in the middle of the fire. Lord, You're very present in the time of trouble God it's you that's in the fire Lord you know what it's like to go through it almighty God and you run to us God when we're going through a trial we're going through a struggle and we thank you Lord because you're there Lord because you're faithful God and Lord we worship you God give us strength give us a determination Almighty God, to follow You to the last breath, God. Every day of our life, God, give us a desire to serve You with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our soul, with all of our strength. Almighty God, 
Do it, Lord. And God, whoever, Lord, needs you tonight, let them feel your strength right now. Let them feel your arms of love wrap around them. Lord, let them feel you lift them up. Let them feel you reassure their soul. Let them know, God, you're right there, Lord. You're going to carry them through it. You're going to help them through it, God, because that's who you are. You're a good, good Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. God can use your worst trial to strengthen you and to encourage you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. It's hard to shout on sermons like that, but the Lord can use it anyway. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. God can do it. All right. Amen. So we're going to be dismissed tonight. I pray that you encourage some people to come Sunday and get in this. I'm going to try to get my phone back so I can tell you about it Sunday morning, but uh, try to come to prayer service, press in, spend some time praying for God to move, God to have His way in our services, God to move with His Spirit, and that, uh, that God draw people that needs Him. And I know He wants to do that, and if we'll just trust Him, He'll do it. Let's, let's thank Him for what He's done, and we'll be dismissed tonight. Thank You, Lord, for Your mighty presence, Almighty God, and that You are on the throne, Lord. You're on the throne, God, and we thank you for that. Go with us tonight. Encourage us, Lord, and God be with us, and God bring us back Sunday excited, stirred up, and God that they'd be lost coming here, that God we would be able to see you move and set people free.